In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. For the two years that my family and I lived in Naples, Italy, we found ourselves kind of stuck between two worlds. We were not Italian. We didn't look Italian. We didn't speak the language. Yet we lived in an Italian house and had Italian neighbors in an Italian city. It was obvious that we were not locals. And because we didn't live on the base within base housing, we were not privy to all the base things that were happening with all the family and the social events that the Navy had planned. We weren't fully in one world, and we were not fully in the other world. We were kind of stuck somewhere in between. Now, luckily for us, we developed friendships with, that transcended both of those worlds with some other American naval personnel and some Italians and even some British who lived there. So we tried to blend some of these things together. But it was pretty unsettling not to know really where we belonged. So when I hear the story this morning in the Acts of the Apostles about Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch, I can actually relate a little. And I wonder if any of you might also find yourself resonating with some aspects of this story. Now, I'll be honest with you. The story of the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip is one of my favorites. I know I say that a lot. But this one really is one of my favorite stories in the Bible. It's easy to read. It has a little bit of a supernatural aspect to it. And it's literally dripping with the Holy Spirit. Now, before we get too wrapped up in the story itself, there are a couple things that we should be aware of about this Ethiopian eunuch. At this point in our history, remember that there is no Christian church. There are no people wanting to start a Christian church. The predominant religion that we're dealing with is Judaism, and that's important to remember. In today's world, sometimes the Ethiopian eunuch is often portrayed as being godless or someone who isn't very strong in their faith. But if we're honest with ourselves, that's probably because he's black, a character in the Bible. But in Luke's world, pretty much anyone who had dark skin and lived south of Egypt was referred to as an Ethiopian. And the color of someone's skin had absolutely no bearing on whether or not this person could be Jewish or not. But when we read closely, this Ethiopian was actually a pretty big deal. Not only is he the treasurer to the Ethiopian queen, he has status enough to be riding in a chariot, is educated enough to be able to read Greek, and is wealthy enough to even have his own Greek scroll of Isaiah in the first place. And what's more, this Ethiopian is returning from Jerusalem where he went to worship God. This person wants to worship God. This person, in fact, does worship God. But according to the laws of Deuteronomy and Leviticus, he's not fully allowed to be a Jewish person because 
He's a eunuch. The law specifically excludes eunuchs from entering into the assembly of the Lord. And on top of that, because he's a Gentile, he'll never move beyond the court of the Gentiles in the Jerusalem temple. So even though he wants to worship God and he wants to understand God simply because of who he is, that will never be fully possible. So when we join Philip in our reading this morning and catch up to the Ethiopian eunuch on his way home from Jerusalem, he's reading scripture. Now, not just any scripture, but Isaiah. Not Deuteronomy, not Leviticus, but Isaiah. The prophet who offers hope and the prophet who foretells the coming Messiah. Now, it's no chance that a eunuch, and I'm assuming we all know what a eunuch is, a eunuch is reading scripture from Isaiah about a person who is like a sheep being led to the slaughter. He's reading about a person in whose humiliation justice was denied. The eunuch asks Philip, who is this person? Is it Isaiah writing about himself or is it Isaiah writing about someone else? He might as well be asking Philip, is it Isaiah writing about me? This is when the Holy Spirit enters into Philip and he understands why he had been brought there. He explains the scriptures to him. He explains the prophecies. He explains that Jesus Christ is the Messiah and tells of all the things that have happened, including his death and his resurrection. And he tells the eunuch, yes, Jesus died to save everyone and that even includes you. And the Holy Spirit's presence is so palpable and his heart is so filled with joy that he wants to be baptized. And he says, look, there's water. What's to prevent me from being baptized? And Philip looks at him and says, nothing. Absolutely nothing. So they go. Philip baptizes the eunuch and immediately Philip's whisked away to carry on to his next task, to continue proclaiming the good news of Jesus Christ. And the eunuch goes on with his journey, rejoicing in his new life. It's a great story. And parts of this story have always been good reminders to me that our ways and the ways we understand God are not always God's ways or the ways that God understands God. For example... Traditionally, we hold that we are baptized, and once we're baptized, we are given the graces and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But in this story, everything happens backwards. The eunuch already has all the gifts of the Holy Spirit. He's energized, he's ready to go, and the Holy Spirit's already sealed the deal, baptism or not. And Philip actually turns out to be a pretty good model for all of us. Because when Philip heard God calling to him, he answered. He answered in the way that I pray we all may. Can you imagine when Philip shows up at this place that the Holy Spirit has randomly told him to go? And he sees this Ethiopian guy riding on a chariot, obviously someone not from around those parts. Philip could have easily said, maybe I'm supposed to wait for the next chariot to pass by. But he doesn't. 
He never questioned who that person was or why he was there. He never questioned his past. He never questioned his social status or even his gender. All he does is speak the truth about Jesus Christ. And in doing that, he changes that man's life forever. I wonder where we might face these same situations today. Who in our world finds themselves stuck between two worlds, unable to be accepted by either? Who in our world is held back from living into their full potential because of restrictions or preconceptions that we have placed on them? If we keep our eyes open and our ears open, I think we probably run across Ethiopian eunuchs every single day. Jesus says that he is the vine and we are the branches. And as long as we are rooted in his truth and in his love, then what we do and what we say will bear fruit and spread and grow. Philip spoke love to a stranger because his heart was rooted in Jesus Christ. The true love that can only come from Christ. That's all that mattered. And that's what still matters. God is love. Every time you love another person or show love or act loving, you are actually proclaiming the gospel of Christ. There's no greater gift you can give to another person because this gift of love will change their life and it will change yours.